wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships, join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. thought about the benefits of water for labor and birth? I remember many years ago when I was a new doula, water birth was almost unheard of, certainly at our hospitals. And I was blessed to attend a few home births and then a birth center where people labored and birthed in water. And then I met my guest today. She is the water birth guru and has mentored me in so many ways, learning how to safely support women to give birth in water in any setting and also to support our providers because often their barrier to labor and birth in water is they don't understand it. So Barbara Harper is here to join me today to talk about the gifts of water birth. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. Barbara Harper, Harper is an internationally recognized expert on water birth and gentle birth. She founded Water Birth International in 1987. Oh my goodness, when I say that, I like, you've been working at this for so long with one goal in mind, to ensure that water birth is an available option for all birthing families. She's published dozens of professional articles and interviewed in hundreds of magazines, newspapers, and talk shows. Her 2015 best-selling book and DVD, Gentle Birth Choices, has been translated in nine languages, including a 2016 Mandarin Chinese edition. If you've not seen Gentle Birth Choices, personally, I highly recommend it and tell all those in my classes to take a look. During the past four decades, Barbara has worked as an obstetric and pediatric nurse, midwife, midwifery instructor, childbirth educator, doula and doula trainer, and blissborn hypnosis instructor and professional trainer. She's used her vast experience in maternity care to develop unique seminars, which she teaches with hospitals, nursing schools, midwifery and medical schools, and community groups worldwide. Prior to COVID, Barbara traveled and taught in 75 different countries. She is asked to return for training in hospitals yearly in many countries. To mention a few, China, Argentina, UAE, Israel, Spain, Mexico, Chile, and locations all over the United States. She lives in Boca Raton, Florida, and is currently the Director of Education for the Blissborn and Wellness Center in West Palm Beach. She's a community volunteer and midwifery and doula mentor, and she's going to tell you all the ways you can find and follow her at the end, but definitely check out waterbirth.org. So Barbara, oh my goodness, as I read your bio and just think of Meeting you so many years ago and all the ways that you've touched and supported my work and the many people who I'm blessed to support, I am just so grateful to welcome you today. So welcome. 
Well, Deborah, it's it's been a long journey for both of us, and I am just so incredibly blessed by your presence in this world. I'm I'm glad that we chose to incarnate in this realm at the same time because my journey has been so incredibly blessed by all the work that you've done. And I refer people to your website and to your book and video all the time. And I like to tell stories about orgasmic birth and in all of my parent classes, especially, and just defining what orgasmic birth actually means and, and how the brain works. And so when COVID started, I was happy to take a break because in 2019, I went to 19 countries in one year. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's a lot. It was like 157,000 air miles in one year. And yes, I like all the perks, the, the first class lounges and the business class flights. And, but every single place I went to was so dynamic and so different in the organization of how they do maternity care. But there's one constant and there's one thing that's exactly the same no matter where you go. And that's that person who's in the bed is the, is the center of everything that we're about. And, and that's where water birth has been a gift because when I go into, let's say, a hospital in Nanjing, China, or Suzhou, China, or Wenzhou, Hanzhou, Zhuzhou, Guangzhou, Z-H-O-U means river. And so there's a lot of Joes in China. And they, they want me to come and train them how to do water birth. And I said, well, first, we have to discuss and, and understand the principles and practices of gentle birth. And that's, that's part of what you and I did back at Mount Madonna when, when we were together representing Dona and Appa and, uh, ICEA and ACNM and all the organizations that met together to start the mother-friendly childbirth initiative. And so we all had a piece in acknowledging that, that the, the mother who was giving birth was the center and everything had to be built around her. And so my, my particular piece of that puzzle was my experience with water birth, which started all the way back in 83. This is my 40th year of investigating water birth, 40 years. I met a woman in my pediatric practice. I was head of a big clinic of pediatrics as the head nurse. And she came in and she was pregnant with her sixth baby. And I just asked her, where, where are you giving birth? I lived in Santa Barbara, California. And there were two hospitals. And she said, oh, I'm staying at home and I'm going to have a water birth. And I was like, a water what? A water bird? You know, like, this is where my brain went. You're going to have a water bird. Tell me how that works. And, and she pulled out of her backpack. She was a hippie mama and pregnant with her sixth baby. 
And she showed me this magazine of quite ill repute. If you've ever seen it in the grocery store line, it's called the National Enquirer. And I looked at the outside and I said, oh my God, she's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And, And she opened it up and there was a two page spread with beautiful photographs of women in Moscow, Soviet Union, because it was still the Soviet Union. And it was pictures of women in the glass tanks with the umbilical cord still hanging and the baby suspended from it, swimming between the legs. And I was like, my, my whole world fell apart at that point. And I started having to pick up the pieces. And I was in a new relationship, second husband, and I had had a first baby in 78 in the hospital where I worked and had worked as an obstetric nurse. Everybody knew me, but I was tortured and, and it was, it was a traumatic birth. And I had sworn off of ever doing that again under any circumstance and left obstetrics, was actually kicked out because I was always trying to change things and make it more humane, and get women out of bed. And, and so they asked me politely to choose a different specialty in, in nursing. And so I first chose cardiac intensive care and neurosurgical intensive care, and loved studying the brain. So now, fast forward to 1983, this is 10 years I've been a nurse working in hospitals and clinics. And well, more than 10 years, actually, but, and I'm, I'm just immediately, it was a visceral experience of seeing the smiles on those women's, women's faces in the birth pool. And I'm saying, oh my God, there's another way. And I immediately got in the car a week later and went down to UCLA Medical Center and UCLA campus and went to the medical school and started pulling out the the library cards and and looking up with the help of the librarian i was looking for articles about water birth and there were none 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 nothing nothing in the literature incredible michelle don hadn't published yet and because this was in 83 and his first article michelle don's first article it was published in the lancet on the First 100 water births in PTVA wasn't going to be in, in searchable library for over a year. And so I, I finally got a call from UCLA about a month later from the librarian. And she said, we found an article for you. And I said, where, where, what is it? Can you send it to me? She said, well, I wanted to check with you to see if you still want it because it's really old. She said, are you sitting down? I said, yes. It was published in France, and it's in French, and it was published in 1805. Wow. An article. And I still have it. She sent it to me, and I have it. And the next article about water birth in a professional medical journal wasn't published until 19, October 1983, and that was Michelle Adon. So both of them originated in France, 1805 and 1983, but I was already on this course 
And February 9th, 1984, while I was waiting for a baby, got born out home in a tub that I bought, and I arranged for that very hippie chick that came into my pediatric practice. I had studied and looked at it so much that I met with her midwife and I said, I want to help. And I bought all the equipment and, and figured out how to fill a tub, drain a tub, and do everything. And that night that her baby was born, I consented to conceive. And my, my husband was so happy. We were, we were passing the time by, by pleasuring ourselves while we waited for the phone to ring to see how, you know, how the birth came out because it was illegal for me to go and attend it because I was a nurse in California and California nurses couldn't do that. So that's what got me started. And I did conceive on February 9th, 1984. And my son, Sam, was born October 27th, 1984. And I turned to that same midwife who started inviting me to go to births. And she sent me to France to meet Michel Audin. And I met with Frederick Laboyer. So I did all of this research before I stepped foot in the pool. But I turned to my, my good friend and midwife, Ananda Zarin, and said, Oh my God, I think I just had an orgasm. And, and she, la- she looked at me and she goes, Yeah, right. <laughs> and it wasn't when the baby was born, it was when the placenta came out. Because it was that I was holding the baby right here in what I call the sanctuary. A sanctuario. It's a safe place and a sacred place and the only place where babies get connected and, and start downloading all the information about their births. And, and she challenged me with that. And I said, I can't possibly be the only one. And so when, when, when you had that focus group to, to decide whether you were going to name the video organic birth, <laughs> or orgasmic birth. I was just thrilled because it was like, I don't tell people that I had an orgasm. <laughs> and, and I didn't tell anybody that during the labor, which started at about two o'clock in the afternoon, and I gave birth just after midnight, and I had invited 13 people to my birth to witness this historic occasion of the sixth water birth in the U.S. You know, that's, that's what my research told me, that I was the sixth person to give birth in water. But I found out later that there were hundreds, if not thousands, that were born in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And it was just, you know, a secret. And then the millennia before that as well. But I, I just, I went into the shower and and use the handheld shower device. And I must have had, oh, I don't know, 40, 45 orgasms during that time period. And I just kept trying to reach people. And, and so I was calling and I couldn't find anyone. No one. I couldn't find my midwife. I couldn't find my husband. I, I couldn't find my housekeeper. I couldn't find my friends who, including Joel Andrews, who was going to come and play harp. In my in in my house for the birth, and guess where they all were? There was something that was happening 
at the University of California, Santa Barbara campus that very day on October 26, 1984. It was the Dalai Lama. The Dalai was, was there for a visit and it was sold out and everybody was attending his lecture. And, oh and my goodness. It was before cell phones. That was before pages. Right. And, and my midwife, Ananda, didn't get my messages until she came home and pushed play. And she got my 17 messages. And my husband didn't have a cell phone. He had one of the first car phones, but that was years later. And, and so I labored alone. I pleasured myself just to make sure that labor stayed. My acupuncturist, Lonnie Wu of Blessed Memory, she was going to be there. And we had tried to start the labor a few days before because my husband didn't want a Scorpio. <laughs> so from, from that moment forward, oh, and by the way, my tub broke at the very end. I, I built it myself. It was a pattern that my, my mentor and midwifery mentor and doula mentor, Vinnie Dansby of Ecstatic Birth. Yes. She was, she walked me through my whole entire pregnancy with such esoteric things to think about and do and read. And, and we became a member in 1983 of the, then the, Pre-Imperinatal Psychology Association, PANA, which is now the Association of Pre-Imperinatal Psychology and Health. And she made me read books like Breathing by, by Frederick Laboyer and books on yoga. And, and it was, it was just such a, a 180 from my medical training. But at the same time, it was, it sparked this place in my soul that I, I knew that's what my purpose was. I knew my purpose was to bring water birth to, to every person on the planet. And, and it wasn't easy in the beginning because even midwives, even, even people like my dear friend, Ina McGaskin would say, it's not natural. <laughs> and at Mount Madonna, And what would you say? And Mount Madonna, she and I were sharing a bed and a bedroom, you know, because in the old days when we went to Lamaze conferences and Dona conferences and ICA conferences, there'd be four to six people in a room to save money. <laughs> and, and she was my mate. And I just said, what's your problem already? <laughs> because I had submitted articles to the the Oh, what was the, what was the farms magazine? They had a beautiful magazine. Oh, yes. And I'm blanking on it too. Yeah. And um, I read it all the time. All the old copies. And I even saw myself in, in a picture that my midwifery mentor, Rina Zalzugaray, she and I had written an article about squatting birth and put it in. And there was a picture of me with a woman. And I said, you'll put that in, but you won't put any pictures of water birth. What's your problem? And she goes, men invented this. And I said, no, they did not. I go, you go to any warm water culture around the world and you will hear women tell stories of swimming in the ocean, of giving birth in the ocean, 
of, of in the rivers, the Oaxaca Indians, the, even the Sioux Indians and the, and the, and the Crow Indians had, had earthing stones to where water would accumulate and heat up from the solar power and hot springs, sleeping child hot springs was part of the, of the, tribes that were on the Pacific coast and then they would go over to Idaho on the border of well, that's now the border of Idaho and Washington State and and Montana where and Sleeping Child Hot Springs had a had a history. Yeah, the babies would go to sleep after they'd be born right there in the hot springs. And so I I convinced her in that Madonna 1995, 1996 meeting that she should take a second look at it. And then her own her people gave birth in water. And Sheila Kitzinger was the same way. Sheila Kitzinger, who was one also one of my mentors, just didn't like the idea of putting up a tub and filling it with water and the mess. And and so many people thought there would be an infection in the water. And we were all going to catch AIDS by putting our hands in the water. And and all of that was has now, Deborah, we have 1.5 million babies, 1.5 million babies that have been born in, let's see, there's 135 countries, and we have tracked water birth in 120 countries so far. Wow, that's fantastic, Barbara. And I just have to say, I like listening to your orgasmic birth story and your roots of discovering water birth and then self-pleasuring and having number six, although it was many more, but really being a pioneer in your own birth, being a pioneer in bringing water birth. I'm just so humbled listening to your story today. And I know that a lot of people listening are probably going, well, what's the big deal about water? What's the benefits of water? Can you, you know, talk a little bit about that? There is a wonderful book that published in 2014. My, my book published in, the original book published was called Water Birth, Water Baby. And I wrote it in 19, 1992, but was rejected by all of the publishing companies. Every, everybody sent me letters of rejection. And so I went back and I rewrote it and submitted it. And, and it was published in 95, 1995, with a very small chapter about water birth. But what water has given us, one of the gifts, was that I think that, that it was brought forward at this time. And even Igor Tchaikovsky, who was a wonderful friend of mine, had many trips to Russia. And, and I started Water Birth International to give him some prowess as well, and the Russians, because they'd done so much work and research. And, and he said that at this time, water birth came forward, and this is how he said it, okay? I've never told anybody, your audience gets this for the first time, but he said that it was channeled through the dolphins from the dog star Sirius, that there was a people there only gave birth in water, and dolphins only give birth in water. There's a couple of other mammals, hippopotamuses give birth in water, and there's a couple of monkey breeds that give birth in, in water. 
one on the northernmost island in Japan. And my research has led me to all of this. And when I heard Igor Tchaikovsky in his apartment in Moscow tell me that, well, was channeled through the dolphins and those people who swim in the ocean. And guess what? I'm an ocean swimmer and I spent lots of time in the oceans. I've played with dolphins. I've played with, with sea lions and even had a broken rib from a sea lion nudging me. So, so he said, we, we were the antennae for this, for, for this current time. And the reason that it came now was because birth had gotten so far away what it was supposed to be. And the fact that a woman could just give into a pool of water and release her baby just like a dolphin. And then the baby actually makes some, some movements exactly like, like a dolphin. And, and I've seen that. I've seen that. I've witnessed it. It was a gift that God gave us. So that we could see what birth really could be in, in this time zone, in this, in this time period. Because what we saw in the hospital was anything but gentle. What we saw was, was torture, was, and I stood up at a, at a meeting in Alexandria, Egypt, where I was presenting. And I, I said, water birth is a gift. So that you can see how powerful birth really is. And that when you get to pearly gates, to wherever you're going, and you have to apologize to Allah because you have presumed that it was created wrong and you had to correct it. You had to do a certain way. You had to cut an episiotomy and you have to cut babies out to save their lives. And water has given us this this microcosm, this window of empowerment, of love and attention and respect. And, and when you can sit beside the birth pool and do what I call the provider and the doula masterly inactivity, you are observing with all of your senses and you are helping the mother channel all of this energy this energy of love, this energy of connection, this energy of birth that transforms her mind, body, and soul in that moment and in the moments and years and days and, and, and months to follow as a parent. Birth prepares you for parenting. And in no way, shape, or form was that happening when I was taught in nursing school I started learning it from my midwifery mentors, and, and that was already after I had a water birth myself. So it's easier for the mother to assume that upright posture, to put her hands on her perineum and guide the baby out herself. It's easier for her to connect and to release all of the 33 hormones that, that birthing requires. It's, and, and the, the book in, in 2014 was called Blue Mind by Dr. Wallace J. Nichols. And Wallace Nichols is a marine biologist. And he was adopted as a newborn who was, who was given up by his biological mother. 
And he called me up and said, I've always had dreams that I was born in water. And I said, well, you were, because we all, we are, our physical bodies gestate in water. Our, our limbic system is created while we're in fluid. Our neurological system and the information that we receive from the data from our environment is all in fluid. And so this, this brain from 20 weeks gestation to about the sixth year has an immense connection with water. And we get further and further and further and further away from that. And, and the, the using water assisted labor and water assisted birth has brought us back to that essential knowledge that Mother Earth is 78% water. And so is our humans when they are born. They're 78% water. Beautiful. Such important research that you've gathered. I'm learning more today, Barbara, on these data. I know that you've said that water releases the inner dancer, allowing mothers to move freely. Can you talk a little bit more about that, that difference between air and water? Well, I've seen some water births, especially in hospitals and tubs that were created for specifically for the woman to give birth in water. And they're restrictive. They have stirrups in them. They, it was the mindset that you have to control this process. You have to be able to put your hand on the perineum and, and not let the baby do its neurological dance. But when a mother has freedom to be in this large pool of water, I was, okay, so it should be like 24 inches high. That's 40, 43 centimeters high. And she should have enough space to assume any position. And so that, that she can move with her baby. And when I see that happen, one of my favorite clients in, in this last two years staying at home, I took a job as the educator for both the, the midwives and all the couples. I, I teach a form of hypnosis for birth called Blissborn. And the birth center is called Bliss. And we have two big tubs that were, were purchased from the active birth center, the active birth tubs. And one of the clients, I met her there to attend her birth, four o'clock in the morning. And she got into the tub and she stretched out. And I used a rebozo on the back of her neck and gave it to her husband like the reins of a horse. I said, just let it so that she feels completely supported. So her, her head is supported. She can stretch out. You could see that baby moving down. You could see where it was. At one point, I reached under her and felt the rhombus of Michaelis. And knowing that was, was at least eight to nine centimeters. And, and the whole entire time, yes, yeah, she had, we listened to the heart rate. We, the, the nurse came in and listened. I would say, well, she's, she's probably complete now, but she's going to listen to her body. And when she gets that overwhelming urge to push, and this is outside of the room. I'm telling her, her official midwife that's doing the charting and the nurse, just leave her alone. Just let her do whatever her dance requires. And this particular woman, 
as soon as there was pressure on her pelvic floor, she went like this. And with that next surge of energy, she rose up out of the water. And prior to that, only muscle that moved besides her uterus was right here. She'd go during a contraction. And then, and then she's up and her eyes are open. Her, her pupils are completely dilated, which means that she's complete and ready. And she, and she puts her hand on, on her perineum and she wasn't even crowning. And she goes, oh, 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 and the baby dropped out complete into her hands. Wow. And the midwife wasn't even there because I couldn't run out of the room and go find her. And so it was just the three of us. And, and her, her, we all looked at the baby on the floor of the tub. And she scooped the baby up so quickly that I violated one of my first rules as a midwife. You check for a cord first before you bring the baby up because you don't know how that that's going to restrict you. And there was a cord around the neck, which doesn't restrict the baby, but it's much easier to take off while the baby's still under the water. So I reach over and I say, I just want to let go of the cord. and and. And she thought she was passing me the baby, and I didn't have the baby, and the baby went back down into the water, which is a no-no. But you have to understand, the baby hadn't started breathing yet. So Easter Cord brought the baby back up and handed it to her, and she's, those pictures, that's the orgasmic picture of that, 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 that she's here. I let it happen. I let the baby lead the way. And so that dance allows the water, allows that freedom to do whatever your body is telling you, whether it's, it's moving. I had another client, one more story in Saudi Arabia, in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, first water birth in a hospital. They put me in charge of the whole unit. And this was their first experience. And this was a very orthodox Muslim woman, a jihadist and and her husband was in the room praying. His head was on the floor. Her mother's head was on the floor, praying and praying and praying. And I just said, everybody out of the room. And I took her hijab, her hijab and, and her abaya off, got her into the water. And I said, she was only three centimeters. And I said, you need this to relax. And then I, I while she's in the water, I sing to her. I just sing. And every contraction, I just sing. And just do this beautiful rhythm. And, and she pops up and she goes to the bathroom because now she has complete freedom of movement. She goes to the bathroom. She, she pees on the toilet. She comes back. She hangs on the, on the rebozo that we'd hung from the ceiling. She sits on the birth stool. She gets back in the tub. She goes to the toilet. I was, I was so exhausted because I was going after her. And, and I called everybody back in three hours later and I got her up on the bed. I did a vaginal exam and she was eight. She went from three to eight in three hours because she had complete freedom to dance and to move however she wanted. She burst on the bed, and it was the very first time in in that hospital, and I think all of of Saudi Arabia, 
that had an undisturbed, drugless, completely supported with, with water labor. And I left the cord intact until the placenta was delivered. And I thought the pediatrician was going to pass out. But we did it. We did it. And it was water birth that took me to that place. And so it's, it's taken me to, to do this. And now I'm training my replacements. I'm taking people with me to the Philippines, to Argentina, to, to Israel. There's a doctor in Israel that's going to tour with me in, in, in June. And we've started water birth in 11 hospitals in Israel. Israel is the size of Los Angeles County. Yeah. And, and so it's just, it's been it's an incredible. It's so fantastic, Barbara. Your work is so needed. And I know for people that are listening, I, how can they find a water birth? And I'm sure you're aware, I'm in Northern New Jersey. And here in New Jersey, many of our hospitals have tubs and our midwives support water birth, but only like 10 miles from New York City. And there's a river, the Hudson River, and all of New York City, which is like 120,000 births a year. There is not one facility that allows laboring and birthing. We have a few that do labor, but they pulled the plug when you're birthing. So I know for people, it's so frustrating. Can you talk about that and how people can find opportunities? Request every single day off my website at waterbirth.org. Can you help me? And I tell them requires three things, a motivated mother, a relentless motivated mother. And if you are less than six months away from your due date, it's not going to happen. You have to start this before you conceive, or you have to be at a very small hospital. And New York State has, has hospitals in Hudson Valley and the Catskills, and, and I've been to a lot of those places. And Vermont and New Hampshire, Maine, they all have facilities. And I've done a lot of trainings in the North, no, Northeast. Boston still has one hospital near Cambridge that allows it. And I just hooked up a couple there. They're due this week and they're planning a water birth. So first, motivated mother. Second is a willing provider. Is the provider willing to learn about it, willing to take a water birth certification. That's We have an online water birth certification. It's self-paced. We have one just for hospital midwives that already do gentle birth. It's a little bit shorter, but the, the main course is like 18 hours of information. Because if you're contacting me from the Philippines or from Egypt or from, from the Czech Republic, you don't have a history of gentle birth, so you have to learn the whole thing. And the third thing is a, and this is the, this is the key, is a cooperative nurse manager of the unit because she's the one that's going to arrange the board meetings. She's the one that's going to make sure that the nurses are crossed off on their competency to understand how the baby transitions, why the, why the baby doesn't take a breath under the water is the one that's going to placate the providers and placate the, the obstetricians and that aren't doing this as well. And so when those three ingredients come together and you, you have a system wide, always begins with 
with a mother who won't take no for an answer. Do you remember Billy Wolf and yes, and, and her and her experience with the hospital system and and there's been some pioneers and Lonnie Morris and and we've got Lisa Lederer and the midwives of New Jersey who are paving the road and making it happen in hospitals. And we have more hospitals. I just, this morning, I opened my email and got a request from Jacksonville. I get to go up to Jacksonville to teach an entire hospital system to do this. So it will happen. And I want to end this with, with again, acknowledging how long we've been together and moving in, in the same directions, but in different aspects. And it takes a community. It takes all of us to come together worldwide who, who either got the message from the dolphins or, or felt it in our hearts that we had to change the way we welcome babies into the world. Because, because birth, we would have died out as a species if we did this back in the beginning. You know, Robbie Davis Floyd calls it postmodern medicine. And we take the wisdom that was that our ancestors passed forward, we combine it with the best of technology, best of, of what we have today. And and we come out with a new product that's high touch and high tech combined to make earth easier and gentler and kinder. And in the Talmud, I'm I've spent my spent my whole entire life studying Judaism and there's there's a saying, a Talmudic saying that says, you're not required to finish mission, but you're obligated to take it up. That is so profound, Barbara, and you certainly have taken up the mission of bringing water birth back to, because we know it's very ancient, but bringing it now at a time that we so need it. And I can't thank you enough for mentoring me so that I provide that information and access and for all the countries and facilities and providers and birthing people that you've inspired and educated because water birth is such a gift, right? Such a beautiful way of bringing a baby into the world. And so I know people listening are like, okay, how do they get in touch with you? Where can they learn more and join you? I would love to give your listeners a free gift. And that's called the gift of water birth. And it's a, it's a one hour presentation that I've recorded. And if they just send me a message on info at waterbirth.org or a DM at, at the Barbara Harper on Instagram. I, and and I will get back to them right away and send them a link to my Vimeo channel and they can watch the gifts of water, water birth for free. So you can email me personally, Barbara at waterbirth.org. And I'm always available. And I do have two new books in the works that Inner Traditions has, has agreed to publish. The next one is The Essential Guide to Water Birth. And that's, I've been writing that for 40 years. And so it's. When can we expect it? Next year. So on the 40th anniversary of my son's birth. (laughs) And never write two books at the same time, but at the same, 
in the same vein. There's lots of good things happening through the website and online. And, and the second book is called The Wisdom of Gentle Birth, What We've Learned in 40 Years of, of the Dance. Beautiful. Well, I'll be looking for both books for sure. And what a generous gift. We'll add that into the show notes. So if you're listening, please look below and you'll have Barbara's email and DM. Follow her on Instagram. And what a special gift. I hope everyone contacts you to get the gift of water birth. And I can't wait to see it. There's always more to learn. So thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us, for sharing your journey, your stories, your wisdom. I truly love you. So I have to blow you a kiss and just say thank you for all you do. Love you too. And thank you for your gifts. And thank you to our listeners. We hope you'll join us next time for another episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback, your comments. Please share your thoughts with us of all that you've learned from Barbara today. Bye.